The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and scenes and content that some listeners may find offensive and bad language, but I'm fairly certain there's none of that until we mess up the intros. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty clean episode. So good for the youngsters who might want to listen. Until someone says fuck. out. Welcome to Seesaw Podcast. With your hosts, T, Cleves and Selena. Every week, bringing some much-needed balance and humour to brighten up what can sometimes be a dark, disabled world. Welcome back to Seesaw Podcast, the show that is the child in the playground eating worms while everyone else is eating ice cream. This week, we have another fantastic guest. We have Jane from Look, and we're going to be chatting all about the parent scheme and what Look does in general. I think at this point, we are all either mentors or on the way of being mentors? Question mark. So, there you go. Yeah, there wasn't really a jumping off point there. It was more of a statement. And Selena was also here, but she sounds like deaf, so. (laughs) Let's just get into the episode, shall we? Ah, another guest. I feel like it's been a while since we've had one, but I'm so pleased that we've got Jane from Look with us today. Um, our, our listeners, I'm sure, hopefully know all about Look already, as I am a current mentor. T will soon be joining me as a mentor, and we've obviously had some lovely guests like Ellie and Naki who are mentors. And even Ruth we caught up at Site Village. But yes, today we have Jane from the Parent Support Group. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. It's absolute pleasure. Um, We we always want to... So just to begin with then, Jane, do you want to just uh, talk a little bit about uh, how Look started and um, what work it does? Yes, so Look is a charity that started, you see, I should have Charlotte here telling me exactly when, but a while ago, um, we have a wonderful CEO, Charlotte Carson, and her parents started Look, uh, a point in their lives where Charlotte had been diagnosed um, with sight loss. Um, it was kind of, she needed lots of support, they didn't know where to turn. So being the parents they were, they said, I know, let's create a charity and we'll reach out and connect with other families. And that's what they did. It was going for a long time. But then as charities do, they ebb and flow. And then I think Charlotte said it was about 2016. We had a summary recently at a away day. They were about to fold and Charlotte was like, no, I'm not having this. She'd, she'd worked in different fields and she wanted to see what the future could be and she wanted to keep going. So she did actually, I was one of the people she phoned. She did a like, um, lots of investigating about what was needed for families at the time. And I think heard time and time again about the need for mentors for, um, VI young people. And I would describe I am a mum. 
of a visually impaired young person. She's now 15 and I, she's also deaf. And I remember saying to Charlotte, what, what, what Chloe could really do with is a role model, someone who's faced the same things as her. And so Charlotte started Look As It Is Now with that premise and it's just grown and grown which is amazing we have a huge brilliant mental team which is soon to grow again there's training in january and they um reach out and connected to mentees from across the country what's brilliant as well is that we resource the mentors that you'll soon find out about um, when you go on the training but we, the, the support around mentors is really strong. We have mentor officers with lived experience. It's about giving young people hope when they're struggling and matching the right mentor with the mentees. And it's about a year that they are with their mentors. It's um, pretty structured. There's a bit of flexibility, but it's that time with somebody with lived experience who's been through the same thing as you and they're supported through a bright side app as well i don't selena do you find it very well contained um kind of your support and the support you get as well yeah, yeah the bright yeah. side app's really easy to use um nice and accessible and then i love how look reach out to mentors via whatsapp email lots of different avenues to stay connected and I think that's the beauty of it as well, isn't it? Because you get support from each other. So my bit of it is that I'm parent support officer. And during COVID, look, kind of really came into our own, I would like to say. Ellen um, Williams, who is still with us, kind of as the events person was like, right, we need to put things on for our community and look, put on so many amazing virtual events for young people using mentors. And they reached out to parents that I remember going to a session around schooling and how to homeschool your VI child, which most of us were finding pretty difficult. And I reached out to Charlotte at that period and said, Charlotte, parents need to talk to each other and not feel so isolated because I think COVID made everyone very isolated anyway. So she said, that's a great idea, Jane. Will you do it? Um, so, so I was like, okay. But I have got those facilitation skills. I've got a drama background. I've always loved helping people find their voice and connect. So we agreed. We ran through COVID. It was weekly for a while. And then we thought that that was quite, you know, that was a huge commitment. And so now we run fortnightly online meetups for parents and look have found a way of keeping me and employing me which I'm very grateful for but yeah we've been going since COVID and yeah it's it's a really positive way of connecting with other parents. Like it's so much such like valuable work especially on, on the side that I think sometimes does get forgotten uh, where, especially when you look in the charity sector it's all, all focused on like the service users at the end and sometimes you do forget that the families are also going through that sight loss journey and they need support as well so i suppose on on that they have you found the reception with the support group it's lovely it's a bit like selena said with the mentors there is a real community that has grown up from those early meetings in those early meetings we had seven people maybe come regularly and they chop and change but it kind of grew Obviously, the message got out a bit. And honestly, parents are very, very good at supporting each other. And 
troubleshooting and that's what's wonderful some of the sessions we've run I, I love it when when it's running well um myself and joe who co-facilitates with me don't really input much we kind of we start the meeting we get people to introduce themselves often we have new people and then they kind of ask each other questions and the advice comes in and it's lovely one of my favorite was um somebody very new parent her child was still a baby and she but she was starting to crawl and then walk and she said well how how was she ever going to feel because this child had no sight feel brave enough to walk she's she's really hesitant and another parent said squeaky shoes and that was it literally was the thing that helped uh, this lovely little girl um, walk gave her the confidence because the feedback you get from squeaky shoes really is pleasant so she wanted to walk a bit more so those kind of things that happen are really special and we've got a whatsapp group just like for mentors so if if someone's there's kind of support in between so people will ask a question and uh, again it's very rare that joe and i kind of we have some ideas we've both got lived experience but there's always lots of other thoughts and opinions and links shared and it's it's a really positive community and what sorts of things go on in the meetings so is it like a topic each time you meet up or is it just a sort of general chat between parents on uh, how they cope and work with their children so we have two types of events now we it has evolved like a lot of look stuff so i realized quite early on that we were we were having the same things come up so we developed a system where we have panel events as well so we'll have a monthly chat session and at people can come with with whatever is on their mind they can also send in questions in advance which is quite useful when we've got quite a big session it means that i can structure it around the questions that have been sent in but then our panel events are on themes that have come up so we had one at the beginning of this year and we're hoping to repeat it about exam provision because it is such an important topic but if you don't know what what the timeline should be if you don't know about asking um, for reasonable adjustments or or when it can be tricky. Funnily enough, it is still parents often the the ones that are liaising with the senkos and saying, "Have you done this for my child?" and being a nag and organising things with QTBIs. So to be able to run an event that the RNIB partnered with us and you and and have brilliant mentors talking to us about how they managed their exams just was really really helpful it is often parents that champion it so having those panel events where they can come and get the information is is kind of that's the other thing we offer does that make sense does that answer the question yeah definitely i was gonna ask you as well you mentioned uh both children of a really young age but obviously exams must be you know teenagers or and onwards so what sort of age range do you normally get for parents or is it just a massive spectrum i guess so we at the moment we have someone who's again was very new to the journey as in has a as a really young infant but we had we ran a dad session in november which is something we'd been wanting to do for a while and it was facilitated by our only male member of staff who is who works in communications he he facilitated it we had panel members and there were dads that came who one of whom whose son at 21 
is Jess going through the sight loss and was he was feeling helpless. So he said, I just wanted to come and, and hear other people's experience. So it is a huge range. And often it's about getting that support, you know, or what, what's this going to mean for, for my child and, and hearing from other people and hearing that it's okay is really important. And I think the conclusion from that session was, you know, that it will just take time you know, because someone was asking, well, how how do I develop this emotional resilience and, and manage the, the feelings I have now? And it's like, you will. It will just take time mm. um, because actually your child or your young person, life is just different and it's learning to adjust it, to it. I feel very lucky because when Chloe was born, it wasn't a shock in the sense that I just worked in the field of disability before I had Chloe, before I met my husband, who's also visually impaired and deaf. And I knew all about the social model, lived the social model. And I was shocked when Chloe was born. I knew I needed a lot of support and I had never had a deaf or blind baby. But also I knew it would be okay if that makes sense. I knew that there was lots and lots of, um, I had loads of role models that I could kind of connect with as well. Um, you mentioned there that Chloe's dad is visually impaired. So is this parent support group for sighted parents with visually impaired children or is it open to visually impaired parents navigating parenthood as well? Oh, it absolutely is. And I, I love it when people join from that point of view because, well, Jo, who runs the group with me, she's visually impaired herself and has a teenager with visual impairment. So she does bring her own perspectives. But again, it's that lived experience. So just how I managed what I did, how I coped, um, you know, they can share it from their point of view. The one thing we all have in common that are, is our children are visually impaired, but we really appreciate anybody who also parents who, who have got a visual impairment themselves. I was going to ask you about the, the dad's group. For the, for the normal one, if you like, is it mainly mums that go to that and when people turned up to the dad's one, were there different questions asked than would normally be asked in the other sessions? What we knew that it's hard, it is mostly mums. That, to be honest, it is. So I think in our WhatsApp group, we had a dad for a while. And then I was really sad because he didn't stay. And I'm not sure quite why. But there are, you know, a handful of dads in our WhatsApp group compared to, I think, there's about the membership's about 45 now and what I really try and do is set it up well so that um the dad knew it would just be a dad space family members were invited but we made it really clear in our invitation that this was a place where you know you could get to talk about those issues and I don't know if you're surprised by this I was a bit but it was quite deep everyone was so honest the panel members were so brilliantly honest really reflective we had um mentor sean who actually came to talk about his bad experience of his dad but we also had a mentor muhammad whose dad has been amazingly supportive and he could talk about that and the other three members of the panel were dads of kind of young people who have different ages maria our staff member her dad came um Clive whose daughter Rachel is this amazing pianist he had supported on a different session so I was like oh, I knew he would be good and able to speak about his experiences because he still supports Rachel a lot in just in her career and then um our mentee Theo 
his dad came and, and Theo's like 15 now. So there was a couple of dads who's, who had adult kind of children, if that makes sense. And then Theo's still very much. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Kind of a young person. And I think that just that freedom for them to talk about it being difficult was really great. And I think dads and mums do experience it differently. You know, and maybe that was the time to talk about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think from what I experienced growing up, and, and this might be similar to what Selena and, and Cleese went through as well, like there, there is no, there's no handbook on this. And like having a handbook, it just wouldn't work. So having these, these areas for, say, dads to, to have those discussions as well as the, the larger groups, I think is a great way to, to share that knowledge. And they, they really appreciated. I think just hearing other dads have very similar feelings. Mm. You know, that sometimes that's, that's all you need is to have that kind of spoken about. We would love to have the capacity to, to actually have a dad session. And, and Charlotte and I, the CEO, are talking about kind of long term plans. But I think other sight loss charities also understand that as well. So, I think sometimes just creating that space and then hopefully there will be another chance either through look or another charity where dads can meet and have those discussions if needed. But they're always welcome in the main group, always. Amazing. I want to go back to, to something earlier when you mentioned about exams and things like that. As far as liaising with other companies, charities, you did mention briefly there about other work you've done with, say, RNIV. Is that a, a common thing that happens, like to try and solve some of these solutions and get that, get things rolling sometimes if it seems a bit of a tricky uphill battle? Yeah. And I think something that I've been thinking about recently is what we've done by, I don't think there's other charities that have a peer led kind of group. The RSPC have a really good group that's led by their family first practitioners. But that's what we offer is peer support. And what happens with peer support is you hear the same stories. And then hopefully by gathering those stories, we can then approach people like RNIB and say, is there anything we can do about this? Or And and sometimes you find that, that charities, other charities are trying, but, you know, and they're feeding up to, say, the QTBIs and they're talking to exam boards and they're kind of trying to chip away. But who, the people that don't know that are the parents. Mm. Uh, and so hopefully we also provide the link between, you know, so so we can, our families can have those conversations with people. And I'm hoping that's what will happen again when the RNIB do another exam update with us, because knowledge is power, but also don't miss parents out the loop because parents are actually probably the ones that are or I know they are doing their individual fighting so to have a collective that can change things hopefully does make a difference 
But we also link with guide dogs when we can. I, we're very much a charity who who likes collaboration. Um, and there's only me and Joe doing parent support. So, you know, I, I have to be realistic about what I can achieve. But our, our whole team is very supportive of it. I was going to ask you about whether they are a lot of parents with visually impaired children that also have other disabilities as well, deaf or learning disabilities and things like that, and how they get on in these meetings. Yes, we have a few, and I think it can be hard. We have some parents that have joined for a while, and then if sometimes their experience is to remove from the general chat, so I I guess sometimes they then move away again but what I've tried to do just like with the the mentor project as a steering group I have a steering group and it's made up of parents of all different so we have got parents of children who are blind and autistic or have other complex needs because I really want to make sure that what we put on is representative so a few years ago we had a session on um, how to help your child leave home but it was very much looking at supported living and what does independence look like and kind of because I yeah I don't want people to think well that's not that group's not for us because what we're talking about is we don't hear represented so if that we've got 12 members of our steering group and hopefully between us we create a program of events that will meet their needs not every session but some of the sessions they can identify with. And what we've also got is a huge bank of resources now. So we record our panel events and we put together resources. So um, that that's a really useful thing to know about as well. So there are things that people can kind of call on and look for when, say, if they, they're trying. Recently, we did something about um, moving on to university. Megan Athens from our team came to talk but but that resource is now available to share for anybody whose children are thinking about you know that year tw- uh, year 12 or 13 about going to university we're massive advocates here of sort of independent living for visual uh, visually impaired people uh, and also the employment aspect are there a lot of parents that are potentially concerned with their with their children going out into the world and finding jobs and has that ever been touched on in these meetings Yes. The common thing about parents is that we try not to, but we're generally quite afraid um, for our children. What the mentors tell us a lot is don't be afraid. Let your children make mistakes. You know, you have to let go. So um, which is very, very important messages for us to hear. But I think sometimes it's hard to even know where to start. Mm. And I know that what we want to do um next year and we've already talked about this with the mentor team is have parallel events so one for the mentor community and mentees about moving on to adult services you know pip and all those things that are part of you know getting older and kind of maybe letting go of your you know kind of moving out of home and not being so reliant on your parents and we will definitely do a parallel session for parents because Parents need to understand what's involved. And uh, I mean, I went to Chloe's um, hospital appointment recently and the paediatrician was like, now next time, Chloe, you need to be able to come without your mum. And I'm like, absolutely. But sometimes there's more steps that need to be had. And isn't it the balance sometimes between 
knowing we need to scaffold our children, but also when to let go. And, you know, it's, it's so complex, isn't it? But, um, absolutely. I love our mentors because that's the message they constantly give to parents. It will be okay. Please try and let them go. But, but we also need to know how to do that, don't we? Uh, absolutely. And it, it is scary. Um, but then it sounds like there's a lot of great resource. And as you mentioned, the mentors there are, are really helping out with their lived experience and, yeah, they're, they're all wonderful. We've spoken to pretty much all of them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously a lot of the parent support group is online over Zoom at the moment. Are there opportunities for parents to meet up face-to-face? I'm kind of thinking look fast. That was my favourite thing last year. I love my groups, but um, I so enjoyed going to look fest and having that time with families and absolutely i think i think look really wants to kind of consolidate we have grown a lot but i think in all of our hearts being able to meet people face to face makes a huge difference we have a little project um in hereford that my colleague claire um is running and recently this links in with christmas they had a meetup and they went to um, Santa's Grotto and just seeing those families connect and smiling. Um, it, it was, I was like, oh, I wish I could have gone too. But yes, I, I think it is important for the face-to-face meetups um, because I don't know if you were in, in at Lipfest, Selena, but what made a huge difference, I think, for those families that, that never had probably seen visually impaired person the same way you know totally blind person helping prepare breakfast um socializing with their friends kind of looking at what is possible neil came and helped he was a volunteer and he he is someone who is losing his sight um and i know he found it really positive and empowering and my daughter just loved it too and made friends so there that connection with other families i think it's where look started. I don't I I don't know plans for twenty twenty four completely, but it would be lovely to have at least one meetup with everybody because um I think it is really important. I have to say I haven't been to Look Fest as yet because it is camping and I know there is glamping <laughs> available, but I'm waiting for the hotel option. <laughs> oh, I'm with you there, Selena. <laughs> well one of one of my look fat, my steering group did say, well, perhaps we could have a middle ground where we kind of have a, yeah, something where people connect together, but it is more of a university based kind of halls of residence where we can do something. But, you know, and, and actually, if anyone's in wheelchairs and things, that is, that can be much more accessible mm. than, than glamping, sadly. But it's true. What was actually Lookfest then? What went on there? So Lookfest was tents in a field on a farm. Um, we were um, at Humble by Nature um, this year, which is a farm in um, Monmouth. Um, Kate Humble's kind of, it's connected with it. So we had this amazing setup, very, very well organised by Ellen Williams and Megan Barker from my team. 
uh, months of preparation. We had glamping tents all in a row. So, you know, they were well mapped up by hail bales. There's ways that they, I don't get understand all of this, but everybody could navigate the site. We had a lot of brilliant mentors coming to support. We did loads of orientation with them beforehand, but they were involved in all the activities. We had a mud kitchen and a forest school and I did parents. Um, I had like a parent hub so parents could come and sit together and we did some crafting with them and you know, there, it was just really amazing. We, we ate together. We had teams like the volunteer teams who would help prepare breakfast and lunch, um, dinner, serve each other. It was just a really positive event where, uh, accessible glamping, but not with a few rivets and, you know, divots. And it was in a farm with a field with thistles, but it, it is, yeah, <laughs> we were very proud of it. It, it was a, an amazing event. We held one in 2019, then had a gap and held one this year. So I don't know what plans are afoot for the next one, but it was very successful. Maybe yeah, a stage of... as big as Glastonbury's. <laughs> well, there's a lot of talented um, look mentors, aren't there, Selena? So mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of them want to perform. I know you're doing the, um, the meetups like that. For people outside of the UK, let's say... Um, you're a mentee i appreciate the mentors would need to be trained but if you're a mentee can you have like an overseas mentee that is that has a mentor in the uk i don't think we've done that yet we have a long waiting list we we're just recruiting more mentors you know because we're we're such in demand within the uk um i don't know whether we've gone afield yet i don't think so i was just curious i mean they must be scraping the bottom of the barrel with teeth but <laughs> I think I'll be a great mentor. I think you will as well. <laughs> I think that really is what Look tries to do, is kind of in a world where sometimes there's so many barriers that that we we find way, ways around it. Um, either through the parents or the mentors, um, people can regroup and kind of build. Resilience is a funny word, isn't it? But build that resilience to kind of get where they need to in their lives. Absolutely. I think so. Uh, lots of really exciting things going on, and I mean, there's lots, lots of stuff to go like next year. And of course, we'll we'll keep everyone updated with that. And of course, with all the resources you've mentioned, we will link those in the notes. And even if you're not a parent and you're listening to this, go and have a look because there's going to be some ideas in there that might enrich your own life if you're visually impaired. And you might think, oh, well, actually, that's a really good idea. Um, and I look forward to being involved personally. And when Caves finally gets through all the barriers and they won't have me. No, I've done blacklisted. <laughs> yeah, blacklisted. We won't say why. We won't say why. It's something to do with a mince pie, in fact. <laughs> Probably that out of the imagination. Um, but Jane, it's been amazing having you and I hope to be able to share my experiences as well soon. Brilliant. Thank you. And we're back again. Oh, I love it when we have look related people on. We have them always... on every week, Selena. <laughs> well, apart from us. But, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> they're great, aren't they? They're a good, small, mighty charity and good stuff. We like Look. Yeah, I like Look. It's a charity where you can actually see them doing stuff and good work. Also, everyone's really friendly and just like up for chatting all the time. So 
Go check out all the stuff. Go check out their parent support group. Go check out all the Christmas stuff that they're going to be doing and are doing over this period. And until then, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Seesaw Podcast. Your feedback and comments mean a lot to us. So if you'd like to get in touch, you can do so in the following ways. You can find us on Twitter at SeesawPod, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Seesaw Podcast. And you can also join us at SeesawPodcast.com. Remember to like, rate, review, and share with a friend. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.